This is The Overreaction, where we have open discussions about birth stories, fertility journeys, loss, life as a birth worker, and so, so much more. I'm your host, Ashton Scott. You can check out the episode description to find some show notes with links to our guests' social medias and where you can find them, as well as a link to our own Instagram, where you can send a DM to submit your story so that you can join us on this podcast and on this journey of building connection and community with people who are in the same boat as you. Enjoy the episode. Happy Tuesday and welcome back. I'm so excited to have you back this week to listen in on this next episode with D. Scott. Dee is actually a family member of mine. She is an aunt by marriage, although she's no longer with my uncle. We definitely still consider each other family, and this conversation was really enlightening and really interesting to have. When she was pregnant and gave birth and in her postpartum period, I was about 11 or 12, I think, and um, so it's been it was really interesting to kind of back it up and and see her story through um, an adult lens. We talk today about um, a couple different things. The main topic being when you're not enjoying your pregnancy and you're not having a good time, but no one is holding space for that. Um, we talk about her fertility journey through ovarian cysts and having to have them surgically removed. She shares a bit about having preeclampsia in her pregnancy, um, being induced and having a pretty quick labor. Um, and then, yeah, we talk about that whole pregnancy where she just was not having a good time and basically was told, um, you need to be grateful, um, and and I, I just wanna I just wanna thank Dee for for coming on and, and sharing the story. I think it's a very vulnerable stance to to take to share the story and and kind of speak out against the the mistreatment or the um the put on the back burner the um, being ignored. Um, it, it's a very vulnerable state to be in, and especially when you're talking to family about family, it certainly can't be easy. So again, Dee, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story. I think so many people are going to be able to relate to the struggles of trying to enjoy your pregnancy and and not having space held for you. Um, So this is just a reminder to everyone that we all have different experiences. We all have a wide range of experiences and there's validation in all of them. And sometimes pregnancy brings on a glow, and sometimes it's just sweat. Hi, Dee. Hi, Ashton. How are you, sweetie? I'm so good. I'm so excited to talk to you. You are family, and yet we, you know, haven't spoken in so long. Haven't been able to catch up. So I'm really excited to talk to you and get your story. Oh, me too. It's been way too long, and it's just so interesting to talk to you as this fully developed awesome human being like you're always awesome but I was like as, as an adult it's like when oh my god I knew her when <laughs> well, when I was tiny um yes yeah, yeah, so it, <laughs> it's really cool to it's really cool to kind of come full circle 
Um, so yes, I'm really excited. Definitely. If you would like to introduce yourself and tell us about your family and just a, a little snapshot of your life. Sure. So my name is Dee. I am Ashton's aunt through marriage, even though I'm no longer with her uncle. So my daughter is her cousin. They are actually the bookends of granddaughters, which is is so fun. I love yes. it. Um, I am 37 years old. I am a surgical coordinator to a retina surgeon. So very busy uh, working in the medical field with your eyeballs. It's <laughs> fascinating. Never thought I'd end up there, but cool. it's funny how life works out. <laughs> So cool. Yes, it is. It's very cool to be, to be like the, the first page of the book and, and to close it out with, with Miss Sweet Julia. She's so beautiful and has always been a peach, like just so fun and so cute. She's so spunky. And I thank every day that I have her and it, it was not an easy journey uh, because I actually suffered through infertility issues. Like mm-hmm. I could not get pregnant. I ended up being diagnosed with ovarian cyst. I actually one night passed out in pain wow. and sent to the hospital and they did an MRI and I had a five centimeter cyst on my left ovary. Wow. So they um, sent me to a specialist there in Macon. And so they're like, okay, well, we're gonna have to do surgery. I was like, okay, this is why you haven't been able to get pregnant. You probably will be able to now. If not, then it's just not gonna happen for you. So we go (laughs) for the surgery. And um, as my mom likes to say, I'm an overachiever. Uh, So (laughs) while they were doing the surgery, they discovered a two centimeter cyst on my right ovary. They realized I had endometriosis. Mm. So they had completely scraped the outside of my uterus and it was tilted so it got pinned and while they were in there they just decided to go ahead and take my appendix so oh my gosh so my mother joked that I went in for one procedure and ended up having five done just because like <laughs> you know, I had to be rich just get oh it all God. done at once <laughs> right I just just completely wrote a rooter my you know <laughs> my insides let's go yeah right cool great no appendix cool that's fine no appendix so I'm like, hey, I'm minus an organ now. Cool. What uh, what was the the how, what was the result of that? So I had what was that? I had that surgery. Was it in July or August? Um, and then I got pregnant in October. Actually, on yeah. our our wedding anniversary, I got pregnant, and I knew pretty fast actually it was so funny because he was driving us somewhere and I got car sick mm. I don't get car sick I've been in a car my whole life you know driving from Michigan to Georgia I, car sick doesn't happen I can read a book and I was like well that's not normal hmm. took a test sure enough um so we bought these bibs uh that say I love grandma and grandpa to tell the parents and everything so that was a lot of fun and, you know, called my grandmother, told her, she was actually one of the first people I told was my grandmother. My mother's still a little salty about that one. Lived <laughs> <laughs> in Michigan. She had no. So it was, it was a very awesome time. But, um, and the beginning of my pregnancy was actually pretty good. Like morning sickness was no joke. And I was pregnant at Thanksgiving and the smell of cooking meat would set me off. Mm. I literally had to hide in a bedroom when food was when it was cooking. Oh. And 
if you'll remember, your uncle was um, making the turkey. So normally that lovely roasting turkey. Yes. Absolutely love. Yeah, I was in my bathroom. Yeah. Walk into grandma's house and you're like, yes, this smells like heaven. But instead it was, oh my God, please get me out of here as soon as possible. Like I was, I was like, I'm dying. I was like, nope, 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 nope. Of course, <laughs> um, you know, your Jen was pregnant at the time too, which was so funny. It was so interesting to go through that with her. Yes. With, with Rhett, your little <laughs> brother. They are still tank and tiny, by the way. Like, I got oh, yeah. some pictures when uh, we saw them <laughs> last week, but they are yeah. still tiny. That still very much fits. <laughs> that they will never outlive those nicknames. So, and then once that ended, that was fine. You know, and then I ended up with, so I didn't get just gestational diabetes or anything like that, but I did end up with preeclampsia mm. and they could not get my blood pressure under control. I ballooned out. I was so swollen. I couldn't work. They wouldn't let me work. So mm. separated from me and they're like, oh, you did job abandonment. I'm like, uh, no, my doctor said I cannot work and I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry, such and such insurance company. Um, my child, which I don't know if I'll ever have one again, is more important than you. Yep. Right. Yep. So it's like, you know, that was that was a little bit of a fun one. Um, but then so the preeclampsia wasn't fun. You, you want to see a cankle, you know. I, I remember that. It was like <laughs> <laughs> yes. it was like seriously felt like the safe puff marshmallow man Ugh. how fallen I was and it was summer and it was hot and Ugh, in Georgia was yeah and I was the hormones I'm not a crier I would cry at the drop of the hat oh we're at your grandparents house and you remember how close we lived and we were almost back to our house I said oh I have to go to the bathroom your uncle thought it was a great idea to slow the car to five miles an hour oh my and I just busted out into tears oh oh my god i was like i was like his face was like oh no (laughs) i messed up sorry i'll speed now (laughs) very much is exactly what happened i was like (laughs) don't play with pregnant ladies and their bladders like no you don't know what it's like for something to be kicking at it and then of course julie liked to burrow in my sciatic nerve oh i cannot times i'd be walking and suddenly she hit that nerve just right and down i went oh oh my gosh yes this sounds incredibly fun yeah really enjoyable (laughs) (laughs) the the women who say that they have these glorious joyful pregnancies i'm like i hate you (laughs) (laughs) it just goes to show the hugely the wide spectrum of normal and the wide spectrum of experiences that people have because yeah you may talk to this lady over here and she was like I want to be pregnant my whole life because it's so amazing and and fun and then there's that was the most miserable time of my life don't want to do it again ever 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 right (laughs) but the the narrative has always been like pregnancy is this glorious time you got this glow and I'm like "Mm, that's called sweat (laughs) not enjoying things what the hell are you what's wrong with you right <laughs> yes it's and it's how did you did you feel like you were able to express your discomfort and and be held in that space or was it more of like a I'm supposed to be enjoying this and so I'm gonna pretend it was more of the second option especially because of the infertility issues mm-hmm. so I wanted this so hard I had to have surgery to get this so I was like I need to actually be appreciative of this 
instead of actually listening to what I needed, which was, I need you to help me. I need you to rub my feet. I need you to rub my back. I need you to let me go get a pedicure where I could just soak my feet. I just need to not feel like, oh, yeah. But, you know, I was young and dumb and couldn't express it. Sure. Yeah. Well, (laughs) society, family, all of the things that that just don't really help the the pressures and the expectations and the you should and why aren't you is can get really overwhelming quick. Especially when, you know, there's a member of the family who also has um, fertility issues. Yeah. Then you got the the patriarchs are like, oh, you know, it's such a blessing. You should be appreciating and thanking God every day for being able to be in your situation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Ugh. it's like, just let, let me feel, just let me feel like I'm supposed to feel. Yes, exactly. Hold space for me and my experience right now, because it's not always glorious and fun and, and glowing. Like you said, sometimes it's just sweat and being uncomfortable oh yeah hmm. and you know when you hear like oh my god you were snoring so bad last night I couldn't sleep and now I'm so tired I'm like okay I have something pressing on my lungs I can't lay on my stomach like I normally sleep so yeah guess what? I'm laying on my back and it's like what? Hmm. okay sure yep. I'm growing a person and having to modify my entire life around the person that I'm growing my, my organs are shifting literally about- shifting mm-hmm. You, how about you take that into account? But, you know, but again, that's a, how they were raised, you know, mm-hmm. and were raised as, you know, da, 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 and the accountability and just the taboo subject of pregnancy, fertility, and everything's like, oh, women just, da, 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 da. and that's wrong. Yeah. You know, and then that desperately needs to change. Yes. <sighs> So, um, and that's why we're having this conversation to be one more conversation that's out there. And hopefully someone, I'm certain someone will hear it and be like, ah, D gets it. If no one else gets it, D gets it. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I was induced three weeks early because they just couldn't get my blood pressure under control, which is so funny. Cause, uh, Jen was like, so jealous because she was a week over. Yes. I remember that. And she was miserable because she was over and she's and it was hot in summer and yeah, exactly. My baby. It was like I was just like, I was supposed to have mine first. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so at the hospital, um, they induced me, but they didn't even get to the Pitocin. All they did was the pill to like loosen up my cervix and my mm. body just went, we're going. Wow. Wow. So that, but because my blood pressure was so high, they were going to give me my epidural early. Because when I say I had high blood pressure, it, at the worst part, it was over 200. Wow. That they were afraid I was going to stroke out at the table. Mm. So we're, you know, I'm in active labor. And so they're like, okay, we got to put the catheter in. And this nurse thought it was the brilliant idea to do it right as the contraction happened. Oh I my. bring bloody murder. Without, and the epidural had not been placed. Had not, haven't had the epidural yet. So. Oh. They were putting the catheter in with no pain meds right as I was having a contraction. Three nurses run in and, oh my God, catheters are the most, oh, they're one of the most uncomfortable things on the planet. It's just- To start. Yeah. They're uncomfortable and then add a contraction on top of it. And like, what do you expect me to do except for scream 
Mm-hmm. And I was, I had all, it was all back labor. I didn't have uh. any labor in my stomach. So, and I didn't know what back labor was until I was in the midst of it. And I'm like, this, 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 this isn't, this isn't fun. This isn't nice. I was there was no preparation. Because you always see dramatized, you know, in the stomach. Da, 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 da. No, the spine. That's the spine. Yes. This, all those lovely nerve endings and nobody tells you oh yeah that can happen did they mention anything about her um julia's positioning no she was great she was in the correct position so Mm. a lot of times with back labor you hear babies are sunny side up so they're like their nose is facing your belly button instead of being flipped around and so then there's like as doula there's this okay well what positions can we put you in to see if baby can flip so it's really interesting I always am curious if if baby was in a a funky position no she was she was in a good position as far as I remember I didn't Mm -hmm. remember saying anything like that so they were going to give me my epidural early but lo and behold the pager system was down oh my gosh wow and um I never like screamed I hated you I did at one point say I changed my mind I don't want to do this I want to go home I didn't scream. I didn't cuss. Yeah. I, just say, I was like, okay, I changed my mind. I want to go home now. <laughs> Forget this. I, I'm not doing this today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, let's, this was a bad idea. Let's, let's, let's not say we did. <laughs> so, um, so of course I'm miserable. My blood pressure is so high. They finally called the anesthesiologist. And um, so he comes in and he is pissed because they're like, I was nine centimeters. I was not supposed to get the epidural at that oh, point yeah they were you know afraid of me stroking gosh so um he came in and he had this the most maternal um nurse with him that she sat me up she just put my head on her chest and I just started sobbing oh. and like your uncle was like he was kind of a dick to everybody I was like he could have been a dick to you he had the drugs <laughs> oh. so um then she was born 20 minutes later wow I, uh, wow so um yeah they're like my doctor was joking that if i hadn't had the epidural then i would have just shot her clear across the room yeah wow so how long were you in labor from the time that they did the, the- uh they did the pill at 10 p.m we checked in um at like seven uh they did the pill at 10 p.m and julia was born six 30 6 6 before seven in the morning so wow. it, it was fast yeah really fast and and especially from an induction like we again as a doula we go into an induction and and prep the client for okay like this could be a long ride I actually just recently attended a 27 hour induction and we prep them for that okay this is this there's potential for this to last 48 hours and so wow that this is going to take a while so my mom and dad were coming um from atlanta and my mom wanted to come that night but i was being induced so my mom this is gonna take hours just get there in the morning la 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 julia thought you were talking to her yeah so um my mom was on seven i was on 285 to get on 675 and joe calls her and (laughs) he goes oh we have a baby and they're in it's they're in traffic uh no um standstill traffic on 285 and 
she looks at my dad and she goes the baby's here <laughs> she's she still to this day talks about how she as you just heard her say she could tell you the exact damn spot that she was back on <laughs> when she found out julia was born because she's the only granddaughter on my side oh i have my five God. nephews she is the only girl oh my gosh i'm certain your mom was not expecting for that to be her her first words of the baby's yeah. here yeah <laughs> so she was, uh, she still doesn't have and yeah, she, she will never let me live that one down. I mean, I wasn't because I mean, she wasn't coming in the room. Nobody was coming in the room. Your grandmother wasn't. She wasn't. No grandmas were coming in the room. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, that's my business. Sure, there's already going to be a bunch of people I don't know in my business. I don't know people, need people in my life to see my business. Sure. Yep. Totally fair. But um, she was perfectly healthy. Five pounds, ten ounces. Yeah, a little on the small side because she was three weeks preemie. Mm-hmm. But she got to go home the next day. Good. But they held me a hostage in labor and delivery because my blood pressure still wasn't going down, even though I was on the magnesium drip. So, so literally- she was distar- discharged, but you were not. No, I was. We were oh, both. You were. But that first day, mm-hmm. I was held hostage in the labor and delivery room, not taken to the maternity ward where people could mm-hmm. come in and out. And they're like, not until your blood pressure gets down. And I was like, you want to see my blood pressure go down really quickly? Take the catheter out. <laughs> yes. God. So this nurse goes, oh, that has nothing to do with it. I was like, take it out and recycle my bp sure enough she did it and it went down enough she was like huh i was like huh. i was like can we, can we can we listen to people when it comes to their bodies and they know what's going on so yes, and yes. It's like i was like listen to me i'm advocate for me for what i know is going on but neither here or there but yeah we went home the next day and she was such a good baby, but she had, um, she had a colic a little bit. So nobody mm-hmm. had told me the joys of grape water. Oh my God. Yeah. That stuff is a godsend. Every baby star I go to, I have like a little care package. I give them baby oil and a little toothbrush. I'm like, this is for cradle cap, the gripe water. I was like, this is going to be your best friend. If they're colicky yes. or gassy, <laughs> it'll keep you from losing your mind. Um, but yeah, she was a good baby, but sleep was was hard um trying to get her to nurse because she was so small and then when you don't have people that are actively trying to help you on that journey because you want to breastfeed aka your mother-in-law going well i didn't i couldn't nurse because i couldn't get milk so you just need to go ahead and supplement her um the formula and of course you know your uncle's like oh my mom knows this so we're just gonna get her formula i'm like i was like i need you to help me yeah going to take a minute it takes a little bit she's so tiny and I have the big tatas so mm-hmm. I was like you know you know help me and just wasn't getting any help uh. wasn't getting enough sleep and then of course they're all like well maybe you're having postpartum depression I'm like I'm not depressed I'm just tired I need mm-hmm. to sleep. oh no we should get you to the doctor before postpartum I was like you're not listening to me just because so-and-so had this and so-and-so in the family had this doesn't let me see your medical degrees, please. Right. Yes. And maybe if you if you listened to the words that I was saying, we Instead could communicate and put mo- a plan in place. What your mother thinks, what you know, your brothers think. I'm sorry, did they push somebody out of their vagina recently? No. Right. <laughs> Are they you? <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But you know, I you know, 
don't regret it. You know, my story isn't the most happy one. And, you know, your uncle was sad to say, like, absolutely no help. Like he actually one day she woke, he woke up with a baby monitor and he literally shook me awake saying the baby's awake. Oh, oh my. And I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? Like, great. And so are you. And now so am I. <laughs> and Again. I don't nap. I mean, you know this. I was never a napper. I could never nap. Yeah. But neither here nor there. She's this fantastic little human being. And just because my story wasn't the most like rainbows and unicorns, it's still a fantastic time. I wouldn't change for anything in the world. Yeah. I appreciate you being so vulnerable and honest because these as we've discussed before we hit record these topics are the taboo suffer in silence um that's well welcome to parenting and and especially when you talk about the lack of support and the lack of support around the things that you wanted to do like something so that can that can feel so sacred like breastfeeding and you just need some help. Like, I just, I just need some help. I need you to, to listen to me so that I can, I can do this or, Hey, we need to find some resources and, and it, and just unfortunately didn't happen. And it just, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, she's, she's healthy and, you know, living her best life. So that's all I can ask for on that yes. one. And if this helps anybody else, you know, it's, you know, it is what it is and so but yeah I mean I know that you're talking that you don't really know what I'm doing because I don't really post on social media because really don't (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but Julia and I like to go hiking we like to go to Whitewater Uh, she's been hiking up Stone Mountain uh, since she's was five years old first time she did that we live super close Uh, just busy with work and life and just you know I'm still my crazy little Wolverine football person mm-hmm. so last night was a good game stayed up way too late stayed up <laughs> three o'clock in the morning but I'm like I am not I'm not in my t- <laughs> I am not that young anymore <laughs> I'm like oh I'm feeling that today yeah just a little bit just a little bit <laughs> but yeah so it's it was an in- it was an interesting journey I didn't think I'd end up where I was you know back then but I wouldn't trade it for the world yeah <laughs> Is there, is there anything that you learned along the way in your journey that you feel like everyone should know or keep in mind as they embark on their own journeys or are planning for their own? Yourself. Don't listen to what other people say. You got to listen to what your body's saying and what feels right to your core. Don't let somebody, because they feel like you should be feeling this way, you know, dictate mm. yes. what you go through. Because then you're just, you're hurting yourself in the long run. Nobody's going to advocate for you the way you can advocate for you. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any advice or anything to share on um, gaining, whether it was gaining confidence or gaining um, that kind of authority back over yourself and, and listening to yourself and being like, yeah, no, I, I got this. I'm down. I think when I, cause I was just so gobsmacked on how I had become that when somebody pointed out, when I got a little feisty, like, oh, that's the real you. And I'm like, Oh, and I was like, yeah, you know what? If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Just mm. and it's hard to, you know, some people just don't like, you know, you need to be assertive on what you're okay with and uh what you're not okay with. Yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate you so much for sharing your story. Is there anything else that you want to add or or throw in before we 
we close it out? Well, I just, you know, make sure that you have, if you get a, like with whether you just, you use the doulas or you do just plain old hospital, make sure that who's surrounding you in that moment throughout your journey medically wise is actually going to actively listen to what you feel mm. because it's still with women reproductives, it's, oh, this, that, that it's still very archaic. Yeah. How women are treated in the medical field. So just make sure that you have somebody, or even if it's just a friend in the, you know, in the room, that's going to push for what you, what you need. I, again, I was lucky with those nurses minus the, the cafeter lady, yes. May she, you know, still, <laughs> still a little salty at her. Lots um, of words but, for her. <laughs> lots of words for her, but the rest of them advocated, you know, that they, I needed to, they needed to get in touch with the anesthesiologist. I needed an epidural or I very well could have died. And Julia could have died yeah. because blood pressure over 200, you know, I could have had a stroke and I was in my early, I was what, 27. So I wasn't old. No, not at all. You're just needed some support. Yep. And not everybody's going to have the the glowy pregnancy. I know what, you know, you are shown on TV and everything. Just, it's not always that way. Right. And that's okay. And that's okay. Yes. Your journey is your journey your birth is your birth, your pregnancy is your pregnancy. And all we can, all we can do is support the, the people around us, those pregnant people, those birthing people, those postpartum people. Yep. Because you have to listen to them just because you think, you know, doesn't mean you're not in their body. You're not in their shoes. You don't know what's going on. And if you don't listen and then you just mansplain Mm. and crap, you're just doing more harm than good. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I'm really grateful to you for sharing your story. Like, like I said, I think that, yeah, I think so many people are going to take value from, from it. And I'm certain that you have said things that people needed to hear. Yeah. And I mean, you were so young. So, I mean, you had no idea what was going on. You were just excited that you were getting a new cousin and, you know, a little new baby brother. So yes, aspect as a child, like, you, you know, you didn't know and that's fine. Yeah. I definitely, when you look back as adults and things are swept under the rugs, because I guarantee like, um, if it got brought up from the other end, that it would not be different perspectives and, and it's just, you know, yeah, definitely in in big families too. And, you know, smack talking. (laughs) Yes. Yes. There is the, in, in the big families, there is, it's like, high school but everyone's related mm-hmm. which makes it even worse because there's no like we graduated and don't see you anymore and <laughs> so hearing your side of the story and with without any of the of the smack talking or the assumptions or the filling in the gaps or just leaving the gaps open is mm. has been really enlightening and and um I'm I'm happy to have heard your side of it because of course, like, like you said, I was, I was a kid and, and I, I didn't even know like how you told the grandparents with these cute little bibs, like, okay, that's so cool. And I, yeah, I, I'm just, I'm grateful to know the, the actual I'm, I'm, story. I'm, yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful to tell the story and just, there's no malice or ill contempt, you know, it's, you know, what happened, happened. It's been a long time, but you know, these perpetrated things of just because the matriarch says something does not make it so 
Yep. And that's, you know, a lot of things that a lot of people are dealing with still to this day is, you know, to be respectful, but still you have to realize this is not your journey. This is not your life. There's things behind the doors that you just do not know. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again. Um, I'm, I'm so, I'm so excited. I was, I'm ha- I was happy to do it. And, you know, it's amazing. The life course that you ended up on, I always knew that you were going to do fantastic things and just, it's just awe inspiring to see you as an adult. Mm, thank you. That means so much. <laughs> You're welcome, sweetie. Thank you for listening to The Overreaction. You can check out the episode description to find show notes that includes links to anything that was mentioned in today's episode, as well as our Instagram link where you can head on over and submit your story to be shared here via DMs. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would be so honored for you to subscribe, leave a review, download some episodes, or send some to a friend that you know would enjoy it. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I will see you next Tuesday.